1: Show number 100. I don't know if we've aired 100 shows, but we've recorded 100 shows, Carl. So we're going to do a positive topic I think everybody will like. Creator shares what we can learn from a dog's life. Should be interesting. This is There's some really great stuff in this program. Well, I, I think so, too. It's kind of interesting. You know, we have our lead
2: in, you know, what if the ability to talk to God is rediscovered? And here we are going to the dogs <laughs> after this discovery. So. But I think you'll agree when we get to the end that it's been worth it because they can teach us quite a lot, as it turns out.
1: Indeed. Indeed. There was a lot of surprising lessons in this episode. We'll get right into it. You asked Creator, how did dogs become such a satisfying companion animal, given that science says they were wolves originally? All right. And
2: this is what I channeled from Creator of All It Is about this question. This is Creator's words. This is not the much-touted selective breeding over a great span of time through a kind of evolutionary process of conditioning and selection pressures to make them gentler and more attuned to human ways and interests, so they now seek your affection more likely than seeing you as their dinner. This was a deliberate repurposing of the species by Creator to make them suitable companions by giving them human-like characteristics in greater measure than is true for other dog-like species, specifically the ability to bond to humans and to express love as a high priority when interacting with humans. This is typically expressed only at a minimal level by wild animals, so it is a striking advantage and a true blessing. For pet owners. The reason this was done was to provide a reminder and, in effect, a highly effective teacher about the importance of love, what unconditional love looks like, and provide an ongoing attraction and stimulus to elicit love from human beings. While this is a reward for the animal, it rewards the humans equally well by putting them on a kind of love frequency and that is both pleasurable and uplifting in a larger sense and provides a path to healing that can be done by invoking the divine realm or by the dog wanting to heal the owner directly. This is conventional wisdom and many people with chronic illnesses are advised to get a dog because there is a track record of this helping many people to cope with problems of all kinds in their lives dogs are great healers and this is done through the love they bring, conveying divine healing capabilities and applying them where needed dogs can see intuitively what humans most suffer and most need to rebalance things and will take that on selflessly as a project
1: well you know, as a repurposing project, I'd say this was a home run for Creator because dogs are truly one of the most enigmatic and and you know wonderful creatures on the planet. Essentially, I mean, the, the, as as friends to man, there there's no peer, and woman too, and woman yes, too. <laughs> I, I agree. I'm a dog lover. I'm a dog owner. Um,
2: I remember when I was younger reading a book and. The author was commenting, if he one, had one thing looking back on his life, he would do differently. He would have more dogs. <laughs> and that stuck with me all these years. I can't tell you who that was anymore. Right. But I remember the wisdom that it spoke. And this is this is the kind of ironic thing that we sell God short in so many ways and not recognizing divine gifts, even though they're all around us. And we think of the, the dogs as Comfort animals. Yeah. Well, they are that, but they're also outstanding healers. Yes.
1: So if you want
2: to travel and take your dog with you, there's much more about it than comfort and convenience and just indulging yourself somehow. You well, you we've... might be needing that and the animal being with you will will be in perfect position to help you with your healing journey without a disruption. So. That's just another dimension.
1: Well, we have a lot of dimensions to explore here. This is a jam-packed episode. You asked the creator, we would like to get to know our furry friends a little better and get some better insight into their experience as companion animals. Unlike humans, a great many dogs spend comparatively little time with their mother and siblings, often as little as nine weeks or less. From there, they go to a home that often has them as the only pet. So a dog can spend up spending 99% of its entire life around humans exclusively, rarely spending time with other dogs. Most people cannot imagine a human being, much less a human child of an extremely young age, living and even thriving in a similar scenario. What is creators and the typical dog's perspective on this rather unique living situation?
2: Okay, so we're going to start to zero in by first kind of highlighting this improbability. And Creator tells us the reason this works quite well routinely is because dogs have been purposely redesigned to be devoted to their humans and will seek human companionship. If left alone in nature, a dog may well bond to other animals or to other wild dogs, given the opportunity. But there will still be a longing for humans in the makeup and they may well reacquire a human and want to be with them. So this is not a liability or a penalty. It is, in effect, the natural habitat of man's best friends, so to speak, because they feel at home with humans and are highly attuned to wanting to be in a relationship and will accept human, multiple humans as members of the pack, so to speak, and share their time and energies with all. Much as wild dogs will form a pack and spend time together, as this is of mutual benefit for a number of reasons in addition to companionship, because they're a more effective hunting force working together to surround prey and so forth, as well as scouting for food and safe living quarters. When those needs are met by loving humans, dogs will thrive. This is in sharp contrast to any kind of wild animal that is kept as a pet, but will escape and flee, given any opportunity. Dogs, on the other hand, might well roam if they are allowed out on their own, perhaps inadvertently. But if there has been any time for bonding to the human owners, they will return as a result of wanting to be with them.
1: it's, It's this creators saying that dogs are in their natural habitat when surrounded by humans how could you possibly do gna modification to get that kind of result i mean it doesn't make no sense to me you know that people think in a materialistic sense that you can tweak uh, the genome and get an animal that just wants to be around humans all the time <laughs> you know? yeah this is where well, you know divine inter divine design makes more sense in my opinion
2: Well, and that's true of everything, really. It's all purposefully designed. The idea of evolution is a very, very weak influence on anything, and it mostly is absent as a practical uh, influence on what organisms exist and how they might change over time. If they change in substantive ways, it's because of a divine intervention. Yeah. Not natural selection. So th- this is this goes far beyond you know the idea of Bible simpletons who see the Bible say the world was created in six days and and they buy it and you know they're closed about science and they look like idiots to the science-based culture. Yeah. But science itself is now proving that evolution is faulty from the yeah. get-go. And it just hasn't filtered
1: down to the public as yet, but that will come. Uh, absolutely. U.S. creator, a father reports on very strange behavior by his wife. Early in their marriage, they had a beagle acquired from his father. She never tired of expressing her dislike and disapproval of the dog, and while never overtly abusive physically, refrained from interaction with the dog as much as possible. The dislike and neglect were so pronounced the husband elected to put the dog down over a minor medical issue just to spare the dog the intense neglect. Years later, their youngest daughter asked for a puppy. Being a fan of Beagles, the husband and father found one online at an affordable price. To his considerable surprise, the wife agreed to go see it. And after just five minutes, she readily agreed to accept it for the family. Unlike the other Beagle, this wife is extremely attached to this dog, snuggles with her and plays with her constantly. The previous beagle was not allowed in the bedroom. This one sleeps curled up next to her all night on the bed. Both dogs were in our beagles, and both were in our typical in every respect. Why the dramatic difference in treatment on the part of the wife?
2: Okay, listen closely. This is what Creator tells us. As improbable as it seems, this is owing to an intuitive awareness by the wife of episodes from the first dog's prior lifetimes. She has had bad experiences herself in other lives, being attacked by dogs and wounded grievously, and even having her life shortened as a consequence. That first beagle, while friendly and charming in its current life, had a prior lifetime when it had a mean streak because of mistreatment and killed a child in the owner's family. So this horrendous scene was on record and perceived intuitively by the wife. This was not in her conscious awareness, but was a subconscious appreciation. There was something about the dog that should not be trusted and she reacted viscerally to this through harboring distrust and negative emotions. That is what the deep subconscious does in response to a potential threat. It can only warn the conscious self by sending emotion through the body as a signal. That is a quite crude but potent means of getting attention, not always understood, but will have consequences because it becomes impossible for a person to ignore. So this was, in effect a kind of prejudice against the first beagle from the desire of the wife to protect her young. Many of the feelings and consequential behaviors people have are a product of what is going on in the deep subconscious, below conscious awareness entirely, as it is the largest part
1: of the mind, and has much to do with the quality of life, for better or worse. You know, you could probably spend the entire rest of the show talking just about this response from Creator. There is so so much here, not only just an outright fascinating answer. But, uh, you know, one question that I have is it talks about, um, and this might be more questions for a creator down the road, that she was picking up on the fact that an owner lost a child. It didn't say that, that, that she was that owner in a previous life, you know. So that may expand the horizon of things you pick up intuitively, that she's responding to just the viciousness of the dog, even though she may not have been on the receiving end personally.
2: Well, this, this is, we are, we're judging people all the time. You know, consciously or unconsciously, subconsciously. And this is how it's done. Yeah. It isn't just that we don't like their hairstyle or how old they are or their skin pigmentation. It, it's, it's a reading of their energy in a very deep way. And this is something that science doesn't know yet. There is a deep subconscious that is cut off from access through higher awareness it's not the, the, the ordinary upper subconscious that science knows exists. This is a new kind of level of the mind. And it is a huge player in things because it's isolated. And it's also the smartest part of us in terms of being able to see other lifetimes. Yeah, it's most expansive. Yeah, so it it informs us with a lot of things we can't understand consciously and can only work through the emotions to get any kind of assistance with the struggles that
1: it has. Well, we're going to see another example of this in the next one. The same father as above reports that the family's new beagle puppy, the same dog as the one in the previous question, that um, not, not the one that was vicious, but the one that was acquired, the wife was close to has a strange dislike for the oldest daughter in the family. The new beagle has a strange dislike for the oldest daughter in the family while being warm and friendly and playful with everyone else in the family. The dog avoids the oldest daughter, and while it, retain, while it refrains from openly attacking her, it has expressed extreme displeasure whenever she is close by and tries to engage by growling menacingly when the girl tries to pet her. There's nothing about the disposition of the girl that can account for this, and she is extremely close with the family cat. Can Creator reveal what in the world is going on here? Well, the shoes on the
2: other paw in this <laughs> story, I think. Yeah. This is what Creator says. This is the mirror image of the previous scenario exhibited by the wife having a prejudice against a dog for its past life conduct. In this case, the oldest daughter had a prior life when she, as a young child, abused the family dog by being quite mean. The new puppy coming into the family perceives intuitively this is a prior action of the daughter and even though it is in a prior lifetime, the dog does not appreciate that practical distinction, seeing much about the daughter in various settings and developing a mistrust and then as a consequence a dislike when the girl is nearby or tries to interact. So it is strictly a self-protective behavior driven by the intuitive awareness of possible danger from the dog letting its guard down. These perceptions are routinely experienced by people many times during their lives and explains why people can take an instant liking or a dislike to one another for no apparent reason. They are picking up the vibes from the other party, which could be dark thoughts currently harbored within the person's mind or past events they've been involved with that are on record and can be seen intuitively by a deep part of the mind. And this can trigger inner emotion and even a full blown fight or flight response that may be hard to fully contain.
1: You asked Creator, humans do not typically remember past lives. To what extent do dogs remember their former lives? What level of detail do they remember? Do the past and future have any genuine meaning for them? Or do they see things more as a constant now? In other words, from their perspective, is a past life memory not distinguished as different from current life memories. And Creator says, yours is a good description of the Canaan
2: experience, that they make no distinction among events from a series of prior lifetimes that might be reviewed intuitively, and this includes the lives of those they are with, as well as their own prior existences. Lacking the refinement of human intellect to think in the abstract and ponder the meaning of things They simply accept this as fact about their existence and take it in stride and make no distinction between the deep past and the more recent past. Everything is potentially accessible to the intuitive reach of the dog, much more so than human on a conscious level. And so they may well remember other times and places, but of course are unable to share that awareness with human companions. But it does add to their experience and forms a knowledge base that helps them get up to speed with life very quickly. So comparing the two species, humans are essentially defective compared to the canine when it comes to their intuitive reach and the workings of the various levels of the mind, being cut off from the largest part of the mind, as humans are, but this is not the
1: case with dogs. Wow, and we sit here and think of ourselves as superior beings, you know, but uh, I guess that's relative, Carl. Yeah, very much so. The, uh, you know, the, it's clear that dogs have uh, a pretty expansive intuitive reach. We're learning that from creator, and we have some more in the next segment that's going to uh, highlight that. But uh, it also throws light on the fact that that we're damaged. That we we have uh, issues that have been introduced to us through the interlopers. That uh, contrasted with the dogs, they've been basically spared of that. Well, and and we have a huge healing need that is currently unmet, and we'll be
2: talking about the answers as we yes. go
1: along as well. Well, you can check out those answers while we're on break. Get the Lightworker Healing Protocol ebook. You can download that at GetWisdom.com LHP. That's GetWisdom.com LHP. Learn about the protocol. Learn about our training that we offer as well as the services that we offer at GetWisdom.com. We'll be right back with more on Dog's Life right after this. become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america
0: scientist and inventor carl mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with god at get wisdom we have a searchable database of the creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars has featured the creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome
1: back to the second segment of this week's Get Wisdom. We are talking about creator's perspective on a dog's life and what they can teach us. And turns out they can teach us a lot, Carl yes they're really um, in a sense earth angels
2: designed to be with humanity for a number of really powerful reasons mostly to teach about love and give love to us elicit love from us to raise us up but also to heal what hurts yes. and they're they're effective sometimes in doing that and they're a, an asset even science has proven this yes They've they found people do better who have heart trouble if they get a dog. They
1: live longer. Yeah, and it's and not this, just a question of having a companion either. You know, right. taking the edge off of some loneliness you might otherwise have. It's much, much more deeper and profound than that.
2: They can heal your heart tissue. That yeah. sounds preposterous. But, and, of course, science trivializes it because they don't know these kinds of insights. They just think, well, it helps them exercise a little more, so yeah. they, they live longer. Well, they, yeah, that's true, but that's a very minor benefit compared to preventing coronary artery disease from becoming fulminant. Yes. You can't just work that off with some exercise. There's
1: limits. Yeah, there's a lot going on here. US creator, years ago, there was a television program about a study done on the psychic abilities possessed by dogs. Almost all dog owners experienced their beloved pooch waiting breathlessly for them at the door. Using hidden cameras, the aim was to see what happens when the owner returns to the home at unpredictable times and when exactly dogs will head for the door in anticipation. To everyone's surprise, most dogs would head for the door when the owner was as much as a mile away and the time was irrelevant. This is about as dramatic a display of genuine psychic ability as one could encounter, and yet Few know of the study or saw the program. Can Creator comment? All right, and this is what
2: Creator tells us. Interest in in and awareness of paranormal phenomena is heavily suppressed in human culture by the interlopers. So it is no wonder that even when someone makes the attempt to study such phenomena, there will be relatively little interest and little follow-up, even with profound revelations being shown. This observation, repeated multiple times, was an accurate representation of the psychic ability of companion animals to tune into their owners even when absent and have a sense of what they are thinking and feeling and will know when an intention is present to return home and the animal will begin to eagerly await the arrival of their human. This is because dogs are so highly attuned to their owners and truly care for them and about them and want to be with them and are excited at the prospect of a reunion. Remember these are love-based beings more naturally, more powerfully and more unrestrained than is typically the case with humans who let petty annoyances interfere with love feelings and ongoing happiness. Whereas dogs are typically in a constant state of delight in their lives unless they're abused in some way. They can let go of negativity readily and do not harbor ill will like humans. They forgive you unless you are repeatedly abusive.
1: You know, I am abjectly jealous of this phrase, constant state of delight. You know, I mean that, that just really says it all right there, doesn't it?
2: Well, you know, and dogs are often reviled in certain cultures. And you have all these phrases, a dog's life, and I wouldn't want to have a dog's life, or I lived a dog's life. And, and yeah, dogs are often mistreated. So that's more what that refers to. But dogs don't have it so bad. They, they really
1: have many blessings. Indeed. And that's you divine ask- also. Yes, it is. No question about that. You asked, Creator, do dogs ever experience a sense of obligation? Oftentimes, humans will groan inwardly at the thought of having to walk their dog late at night or in the rain or in the cold. But it's a simple duty of the pet owner. Is the feeling ever mutual? Does the pet ever groan internally when the owner calls for the pet to go outside when it's cold, especially if the pet doesn't have to?
2: All right. Creator tells us dogs may hesitate or resist being requested to do something they do not need and view as an inconvenience. Many times, they are simply smarter than the owner in knowing better that the routine gesture is not needed at this particular moment, rather than trying to duck a responsibility. But dogs are certainly more forgiving and compliant than humans many times. While this is thought of as a conditioned response done with little thought, it, in effect, is a form of acquiescence to the loving bond that is created through repeated interactions where humans are spending time with them and going out of the way to share their lives in some respect, even in the course of training them to obey and to conform to expected routines and conduct. Dogs are simply flexible. So it is not simply subjugation and a surrender of their identity and desires to the more powerful human controlling them. This is a willing collaboration where they adapt freely in giving themselves up to the relationship and will often make great sacrifices with no grudges or resentment. This is why they will spend considerable energy attempting to heal their human companions, even at the risk of their own lives if they internalize the human's difficulty in their attempt to heal it. It may overwhelm them and be fatal but many dogs will accept death rather than give up on their human in a time of need. While this is fortunately not true in all cases, but only some dogs who attempt to heal in this fashion, it beautifully illustrates the unconditional love they bring to bear in their partnership with humans.
1: You know, this answer is really, really fascinating because it basically implies that dogs... In the Milky Way galaxy, are also participating to some extent in the free will experiment, and that creators saying, "Don't think that they're just automatic robotons obeying uncontrollably your command. They have they're agreeing to it. They've acquiesced. They've accepted. That implies some free will actually going on. Well, very much so. They volunteer to come down for one thing.
2: Yeah, they're not just an animal that's spawned because someone breeds dogs and the dogs pop into being. They volunteer to come like people do in their incarnations. And I I do a lot of healing work for folks and sometimes for pets. And many times when I ask creator about a dog's dilemma, the creator will tell me what needs to happen is a healing for the owner. Yeah. Because the dog's trying to fix them and taking it on in their own body. Wow. And needing, you know, veterinary care. So so I end up working on the, the pet owner, and I don't bring this up because people won't believe this kind of stuff, and, and it just complicates things. I don't want to scare them either, but, but this is the dynamic that's real. Yeah, I
1: tell you, it is real. Wow. Yeah, amazing. You asked, creator, many dogs sleep up to 16 hours a day. Is dream life a larger activity for dogs than humans? Can creators share how the sleep experience for dogs differs and what similarities are shared with humans? The creator says,
2: dogs have a more profound life experience in some ways than humans, and the sleep time is one arena where this is certainly the case. Dogs spend a large amount of time sleeping, not only because it is restorative, as is true for humans and allowing the body to stand down and lower its metabolic functions and take care of needed repairs. But this also provides plenty of time available to process the day's events through dreams as a way of purging the system of negativity. Dogs are much more efficient at this than humans and will gain more as a consequence of their dreaming than is true for human beings, where it can be both a kind of way to process and drain away negativity, but also oftentimes a way to agonize over dilemmas without a seeming solution and in that way perpetuate and even exacerbate recurring fears and anxiety about life situations and perceive personal shortcomings and so on. An outstanding example of the difference between dogs and humans and what they do during their sleep time is the ability of dogs to travel beyond the body by their consciousness. This astral travel enables dogs to return to the divine realm where they can have a reunion with friends and companions of all kinds and all kinds of species. This is a privilege denied humans because of the defect in their intuitive reach. While humans can sometimes experience astral travel, it is much more limited in scope, as much by lack of awareness of the possibilities this phenomenon represents as being a limit on their reach But most people never experience this phenomenon at all because they are too restricted through the defects in the workings of their non-local consciousness, and this is a significant aspect of the human dilemma. Creator's plan was to have humans as they were first made to operate, to be in close communication with Creator, and to have the same experience during sleep as still done by the dogs in going home during the night. This is denied to human beings and becomes a part of the inner yearnings and the growing disaffection and sadness during life in being cut off from the divine. It is a tragic loss and a degradation of human experience all suffer because of what has been done to them by the interlopers to alter the human genome to prevent a significant intuitive reach beyond certain levels, even for those seemingly quite gifted with psychic abilities. But of course, most humans have little perceptible intuitive reach. There is some present in everyone that is taken for granted and usually only influencing them subliminally. This is a major reason why dogs are usually quite happy compared to the average person they are unhindered in these important respects
1: boy there is just so much to, to, to unpeel in this answer like we could spend the rest of the show talking about this you know but the one thing that that sticks in my mind is that we've learned that dogs do do a lot of healing work for their owners and sleep time is one way to process a lot of that so a dog sleeping 16 hours they're do they're, that's Work time for them. They're they're dealing with negative energy and and resolving resolving that. So uh, don't begrudge the dog taking a nap. <laughs> yeah, and they're also playing. So that's something to perhaps
2: envy. But uh, it's a preview of coming attractions. Yes, yeah. <laughs> our lives can come become better once we get our healing completed, and that's partly why dogs are here to help us with that enterprise. So we're we're really quite blessed to have them among us and Absolutely. doing their thing. And it, it's wonderful to think that they have some place better to go <laughs> when, yeah. they're, when they're asleep. You know, you're off at work, dog's locked up all by itself, nothing to do. And uh, it, it can have a long, long sojourn asleep and be on the astral plane, playing with its buddies. That, that, that's nice. That's
1: some comfort. Actually, the answer, I think, said it goes beyond the astral plane. They actually return to the divine realm itself. Yes. That's so, what I mean. The highest yeah. of the astral yeah. levels. Back in heaven. Yeah, back in heaven. We don't get to do that. <laughs> nope. Amazing. You ask, Creator, do dogs perceive the difference in their waking existence and dream life as starkly as we perceive ours? <clears throat> All right. Creator tells us.
2: Dogs lack the higher intellectual processing capability of human and simply accept things as they seem to be, as reality, without agonizing over the details or considering larger meaning. They are highly attuned to nature and everything they perceive through their senses as holding fascination and delight in the experiencing and have natural inner yearnings for companionship and the expression of love particularly for members of their pack, human or canine. And this may include other pets in the home if dogs are allowed to interact with and bond with them. For humans, there is an overlay of intellectual processing that can mislead many times and encourage people to disconnect from their emotional reaction to things and to disconnect from their intuitive sensing about things as well. This can lead to humans having a very sterile and disconnected life. Lived in quite artificial environments, when people are designed to fit in with nature and be immersed in nature, is not only an environment, but a way of life. Modern living robs humans of this natural interplay. And to the extent dogs share the unnatural habitat of most humans, are somewhat deprived as well. That is why going for walks together is so highly enjoyable, both for humans and the animal companion, because the return to nature, even in a temporary and small way, has a deep, satisfying
1: benefit to both beings. Well, this is obviously an interesting answer as well. Uh, And it reminds me that um, most people obviously don't live indigenous anymore. You know, we're not one with nature like we used to be. But it's a fascinating study to go back and look at quote unquote primitive peoples who are hardly primitive, I might add, and look at how tightly bonded with their environment they are. You know, we I think we were born and meant to be with nature in a much, much more profound way than we are today.
2: Yes, and it's something to keep in mind as well. If you want to do right by your pet, acknowledge that natural desire and yearning to be part of a better habitat than just living in your apartment can offer. Dogs are compliant, they're cooperative, they'll sacrifice for you, but it doesn't mean they don't miss having something bigger, and it's true for people. Yes. People limit themselves far too much than is good for them. And, you know. Hang, you know, Hiding out, really, in, in their household and, and, and not getting outdoors and getting sunshine and fresh air and so on. So, there, again, here is a, a lesson. And the thing about dogs and dog behavior, for those who have a problem animal, there is something going on. There is yes. something bothering the animal. Many times, it needs more love from you. If you want to have a nice dog. Be nice to it, first and foremost. That can go a long way to help the animal gain trust in you and the situation it finds itself in. But often there is a deeper karmic dynamic going on involving past mistreatment. When I work on animals, I see this all the time. Horrific things that have been done to the animal in other lifetimes. And it knows it unlike the average person who doesn't have a clue what they did in other lives dogs know cats know
1: yeah and and really emphasizes the the tremendous importance of this whole topic of problems stemming from past lives and the important critical need to heal that you know we in the previous segment you know we talked about the the beagle you know t- that um was kill, killed a child in a previous life you know that sounds like there's some healing that needs to go on there, Carl. Yes. Yeah, that is a trauma.
2: That is a karmic liability that needs to be rebalanced. And that will inevitably bring that dilemma back around. So it'll be challenged, maybe with a roughhousing child that pushes its boundaries. And this is what karma does. to see, Or will you handle it
1: or will you re-offend? Or it could be healed by a practitioner of lightworker healing protocol perhaps <laughs> well In that's partnership with creator creator doing
2: all the work of course well that's what i would try first of all to
1: make these situations better well check out the lightworker healing protocol get the ebook at slash lhp and we'll be back with a final segment of a dog's life right after this
0: America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa,
2: play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn.
0: Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars featured the creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death, there are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit getwisdom.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom That's
1: contact at getwisdom. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the final segment of this week's Get Wisdom. We are talking about creators perspective on a dog's life and how they can what they can teach us and especially how they can heal us. And, you know, the biggest takeaway I'm getting from all these answers, Carl, is that uh, maybe the best reason to get a dog is that they're good for your health, (laughs) quite literally.
2: Well, I would agree with that, but there's nothing like love, either. And so, during the time you're not fighting a symptom of something, what are you going to do with yourself? I like nuzzling up against a dog and having a dog hang out with me. And play with it and go on walks and it, it, there's, a, there's a wonderful, joyous feeling from having that closeness with another being, even an animal, because yes. there's something magical in the energy they give you. This is why people love dogs, literally love dogs. I know a lot of people don't get it. but I would argue they probably never tried it either. Or but they have, have an aversion because of some karmic event, maybe in a past life, where they were attacked by dogs or something, or scared
1: by dogs. And and that's very unfortunate. Yes. they, You know, I, I debated actually getting the one we have currently, because we've been out without a dog for a couple of years now. And I re- finally pulled the trigger and got one. And boy, looking back, it was like, how, did, how could you have doubts about getting another dog? They've enhanced everybody's life in our family, you know? You walk in the house, she greets everybody. Uh, When we're away from the house, the girls talk about the dog all the time. I mean, she's just such an integral part. How could I possibly have been stupid enough to think that we shouldn't have one at all times, you know? But uh, they are wonderful. They really, really are. You ask creator, what is the reason I find a high percentage of companion animals, both dogs and cats, harboring a human lost soul spirit attachment? This
2: relates to the phenomenon. One out of three people don't make it back to the light when they pass unless they have special help coming from the human side. So Creator says, as you have seen intuitively, this is part of their mission. They are designed and tasked with the goal of helping human in all ways. They are able to see much intuitively humans cannot. This includes spirits. So when they see a human spirit struggling and afraid, they will seek it out to give comfort as they will for a troubled human in the physical. This is all the troubled spirit needs to form a bond and to accept a welcome and then the energies will merge and the attachment will continue as the animal will not reject them, but will nurture and protect them indefinitely. So this in effect is a cleanup team to scour the landscape and attract the lost ones, to give them a safe harbor. And in the energy of a companion animal, they will be safe from outside spirit attacks that otherwise would overwhelm them most likely and give them a severe time of torment. So this is one of the highest and most valuable of services these animals perform. As you know, the pain can be tremendous for a lost soul spirit in limbo set upon by the spirit meddlers who wish to crush them and drain them of all energy. So this is a noble
1: duty and a divine duty they perform. You know, it's interesting because uh, there's been a lot of uh, channeling subjects of pe- you know, deceased people that are now light beings and you'll often ask, you know, what was their tra- well, how was their transition? Did they, did they make it to the light, you know, or did they get stuck in limbo? And we've learned of some that have gotten stuck in limbo, but were rescued. And uh, turns out not all of them were rescued by humans, <laughs> you know, yes. or even yes. angels, perhaps. They were, they were probably rescued by the pet dog who took them in, harbored them, enabled them to raise their vibration enough to see the light callers. And that was the stepping stool they needed to make it up. Yeah, this is, this is an amazing thing, and th- this has been a course of evolution for me
2: in learning how to do remote spirit releasement, working first on humans, and uh, asked an archangel one day, well, what about my dogs? What about dogs in general? Do they ever get spirit attachments? And that started a whole new exploration for me, and I was surprised to find that pets have more spirit attachments than humans typically do in their family. And eventually I figured out the reason. It's not just because they're stupid and they don't know. They're not smart enough to defend themselves somehow. It's because they lovingly take them in to try to help them. And it doesn't always help them. Sometimes it hurts them. But they're they're good Samaritans. They're wondrous, loving, generous, and divine beings.
1: So, Carl, do you find that? the the spirit attachments are overwhelmingly human with dogs most of the time do they do they get dark not spirit always.
2: attachments okay not always not always they can get spirit meddlers also because yeah, the spirit do. meddlers want to undermine them right and they're also fair game to try to get energy from and that's an explanation many times for why dogs are mean and cats mm-hmm. too
1: i've seen this with cats interesting 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 yeah. Yeah, that could explain the Beagle's past life, right? That, that there was spirit attachments, negative yes. meddlers involved. Wow. Yes, that's quite an insight. we will have to dig into that in the future. I think. U.S. Creator, many dog owners are enthusiastic advocates of having two or more dogs, thinking it supplies a more satisfying life for them. Obviously, no dog likes being left alone for long periods of time, but if that is a relatively, ra- but if that is relatively rare for a dog that lives with humans who are home most of the time. How missed and longed for is companionship with other dogs and is getting a companion dog to enrich their lives highly advised. creator says, if you consider what we have
2: shared with you, you may make the connection that being deprived of living with other dogs can be compensated for during the dream state when dogs return to the higher astral plane and frolic with animal friends of all kinds. So they're having an appreciable period of time each and every day with members of their own kind and representing quite long-standing relationships far beyond the average lifespan in the physical. Where having additional dogs in the family is of greatest value is when the human owners are not present for long stretches of time during the day. It is stressful for dogs to be left on their own because they are pack animals designed for love and interaction with others they can relate to. So if there is a second dog and the two are left home on their own while the owners are at work, that can be an acceptable living arrangement because the dogs are not in total isolation but have a companion they can spend time with and interact with and feel safe and have an enjoyable life while their humans are away. So it becomes a very humane act on the part of pet owners to consider this if their lifestyle limits the amount of time they can spend with their pet. If neglected from the standpoint of the time investment, the dogs in a family can bond to one another more strongly than with their humans. So that can be an unexplained and to some an undesirable consequence, but it comes about through the relative investment in the relationship. If humans are attentive to their animals, even when there is a large menagerie of dogs, they will still prize their human or humans and want to be with them and interact with them if the humans express the desire and make the effort to do so. As with human relationships, it is a two-way street. Both parties, human and canine, need to make an investment in time and energy for the bonding to happen and the relationship grow and deepen in intensity. Most dogs will have plenty of love to share. When there is a devotion to a particular person within the group and a family, that will happen often because of the karmic history where there was a prior lifetime of high devotion. So just as with people, the wealth of experience in other lifetimes will inform to some degree who they are and how they act in the current life. So there needs to be an awareness of these factors and a tolerance to understand each is an individual, whether human or animal, and will be influenced by many hidden factors that are expressed unexpectedly and not on purpose, but through the inner workings of each individual from birth.
1: Wow. You know, this was a little bit surprising for me, this answer, because I just assumed that the answer would be, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's always best to get another dog, but... That's not what Crater's explicitly saying here. There are, you know, circumstances where it certainly is advised, but it's not always necessarily um, perhaps even desirable in some situations. Well, there
2: are people who have dogs, and they just leave the dogs all by themselves. They don't interact. They don't play with them. They don't love them directly. They don't nurture them. They leave the dogs to live as a pack. They let them out. They bring them in. They let them out, and so that's a situation where they're having a kind of parallel reality that yeah. that doesn't fulfill their usual primary mission, which is to interact with
1: people. Yeah, and it, and Crater noted in that answer that when given the opportunity, even if they're surrounded by their own kind, they may still seek out the human the human companionship, which uh, yeah. which Crater said earlier was. Actually, their natural habitat, as hard as that might be to believe.
2: Well, <laughs> we, we need to move.
1: Yes. Creator has emphasized that, you, you asked Creator, Creator has emphasized that humans really need to focus on healing the perpetrators. Does the Dog Soul Collective have any message for humans in regards to the Divine Human Project to solve the problem of universal evil? And Creator says if the dogs could speak, they would tell you
2: they're doing their part quite beautifully, whereas humans, are often neglectful and unaware of their obligations. The dogs are always on a mission life to raise up those around them, especially their human companions, through giving and receiving love both. They are teachers showing the way to live what makes life worth living and setting a standard for humans to emulate and how to deal with one another and be flexible and accepting and forgiving of mistakes, minor slights, and unforeseen accidents that can happen. The interlopers dragging down your world are loveless beings. They could learn from the dogs as well. Were they capable of understanding the power of love to change things for the better? Because they are devoid of love feelings, they are only capable of selfish motives and having power over others is the only self-gratification they can experience. This is quite limited and stultifying. And it will eventually cause people to perish unless they're saved. That is the role for which humans were created. The dogs were created to remind you of this, that love is the answer, that living through and with and by love are what makes life worth living to begin with. And if you spend your time and in ingenuity <clears throat> in finding ways to better give and receive love, everything will expand and improve. This is why humans and their beloved pet dogs make such a great team. They thrive together, and they help one another to make the best of life, directly and indirectly, through their loving feelings and behavior that are shared and cherished
1: alike. So, dogs are our support staff, Carl. Is that, uh, is that how I read that?
2: <laughs> yep. They're the, the way showers, the true way showers. They're uncorrupted. And they're complete as
1: beings. Yes, that's it's. They really are an amazing blessing, and we're we're very very uh, blessed and lucky to have them. And we look to them for inspiration. And um, we had a lot of work to do to clean this place up, but thankfully we don't have to do a lot of work with our dogs. They're actually here to help us do the work that we're here to do, which is solve the problem of evil. And the best way to do that is with learning about and engaging with prayer and Lightworker Healing Protocol. And uh, you can get information on Lightworker Healing Protocol at getwisdom.com slash LHP and get our prayer book, which has the 10 most powerful prayers, uh, tailored for great effectiveness. Most people don't really pray all that effectively, right, Carl?
2: Unfortunately, we've been uh, misled by our institutions, including the religions, through ignorance and through a deliberate manipulation, and corruption.
1: Well, get our prayer book at getwisdom.com prayer. And unfortunately, we're out of time. It's been a fun one. This is our 100th episode. So we've got a lot more coming up. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. Be well. Thank you
0: for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week.